Alright, one, two, three. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Morning Brief with Jimmy Song and Tone Vase. My name is Valentin Schmidt, and I'll be the host for today. And we got a couple of great stories for you, including a follow-up to yesterday when we promoted a tweet by Wave Panda where he said that CNBC Fast Money is not in control of their own Twitter. And they got back to us doing this little video. Jimmy. CNBC Fast Money. And no, the account is not run by an intern. <laughs> so apparently it's not run by an intern, uh, which I found really funny. Um, I, I would say that an intern probably would know a lot more about Bitcoin than those jokers. So, um, yeah, yeah. The people that actually run the account probably know way less. Uh, you, you have to understand about this industry that, uh, you know, uh, young people actually know way more than the old people. It's uh, it's completely reversed. So, um, you know, I, I actually hope I, I think it would be better if an intern ran it. Uh, what about you, Tone? You also would prefer an intern uh, rather than the husband of the no, I, uh, person I, in charge, I, right? Exactly. Um, I agree because an intern would actually be an employee of uh, NBC or CNBC or CNBC Fast Money. I don't know how their organizations are structured. Uh, so I don't know if uh, how much of a subsidiary it is versus how much of a standalone it is. But it's very, very clear, thanks to Whale Panda, that the CNBC uh, Fast Money Twitter account is being ran by a non-CNBC Fast Money affiliate, which is the husband of someone that is supposed to be running the Twitter account. And um, he is completely biased towards Bitcoin Bcash, right? Uh, it's very, very clear. also has this thing for cars. And this is a huge conflict of interest, right? Because if he's running that account, uh, he's directly profiting from the pump of Bcash. Uh, so uh, again, I, insider trading laws are very, very specific to stocks. Uh, but if uh, CNBC Fast Money expects to be taken seriously as a real company, uh, that's not something that they should be doing because uh, the guy running that account is probably also you know, shilling Bcash guests onto the show in order to sell his position. So Tone is accusing CNBC of some bias, and I'm sure we're going to uh, get some more uh, info out of them, um, see how they respond. However, they, they did have this Twitter poll, and whatever the guy's doing, it doesn't seem to be working, because <laughs> uh, they ask um, whether Twitter users prefer the Bitcoin Core over Bcash, and it's 79% in favor of Bitcoin Core. So uh, clearly, uh, they have to um, they have to push Bcash a bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it Bitcoin Core. It's just Bitcoin, right? There, there, there's Bitcoin, and then there is shitcoins, right? So basically, what the Twitter poll is just showing is that people uh, on Twitter at 80, 20% kind of understand what is Bitcoin and what isn't. I'm extremely disappointed in the results of that poll. Uh, the fact that it's 80, 20, and not like 98 to two is extremely disappointing and it doesn't um uh i mean it, it doesn't bode a lot of confidence for in my opinion for the intelligence level of people in crypto yeah i i love this poll it's uh you know they they were clearly trying to get people to vote bitcoin cash uh or at least the guy that's probably influencing his wife to put a poll up like this and you know probably feeding her tweets or something like that 
Uh, but, you know, regardless, uh, you know, I think that people have spoken. Uh, CNBC Fast Money. If you actually want real opinions on Bitcoin, I suggest you get somebody that knows what they're talking about instead of just uh, Bitcoin Cash uh, biased people, which you, you constantly seem to have on. So, uh, you know, at, at, at some point, um, you know, maybe maybe they'll figure it out. Um, I, I'm going to issue a direct challenge. Get Tone on there. I, I'm sure he, he would love to talk with uh, with you guys. So, yeah, there you go. Yes, get tone on uh, fast money, uh, but don't yeah, you guys? Like half, half their people have me blocked on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> Brian Cody has me blocked on Twitter. Ronnie Most has me blocked on Twitter. Um, I'm surprised the NBC Fast Money account doesn't have me blocked on Twitter. Right? Yeah, and yeah. Like, what, what they, this they is why it would be great, right? Yeah. Like it'd be great for ratings because obviously there would be conflict and. Tone would come on there and like say, hey, you know what? You guys are such shields for Bitcoin cash or something like that. I think it would be great. CNBC, if you're watching this, here's your challenge. Get Tone on the network and have him talk about Bitcoin versus Bitcoin cash <laughs> instead of instead of your you know hand selected people. I promise you, you will get better ratings with Tone on there. Having said that, uh... Can, can you guys comment, comment a little bit? Because it does seem that Twitter as a platform is uh, pro-Bitcoin, as Tone said, um, and not very much in favor of Bcash, whereas there are other platforms. I think there are some Reddit uh, forums where Bcash uh, dominates. Could you uh, comment on that uh, real quick? Sure. Uh, well, the, the Reddit forum is specific to Bcash. Right? Like RBTC is just a cesspool of uh, Bcash shells. So obviously it's going to be towards Bcash. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really care for our Bitcoin at all, but RBTC is simply there to pump Bcash. So if, if people at CNBC were pointed to RBTC, then yeah, they have no idea the reality on the ground. Yeah, I mean, uh, nobody goes on Reddit anymore. Like, there's very few stories that are original there. It's usually like links to tweets or rants by random people. If you're going to rant and you want people to see it, you should put it on a blog because at least that lasts. You put it on Reddit, it lasts for like half a day at the most. Yeah, Jim, uh, but Jimmy, but Jimmy, but that's that, that's that's what Reddit was designed to do. Reddit was just there for people to look for things that are popular on the internet. Yeah. Reddit was never, like, like the original like design of Reddit was never meant for original content. It was meant to filter other content to figure out what is important and what isn't. Yeah, I, I'm ju I just don't think it's a very good filter at this point. Um, I, like, I, I, don't f I, I, I see everything I need to see on Twitter, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't value Reddit very much. Uh, but that said, you know, uh, the, the biggest uh, indicator of what people like is price. <laughs> price. That, that, that's, uh, it's pretty clearly, uh, it's funny because the, this, uh, this poll here, 79 to 21, it's not that far off from the current ratio of Bitcoin to Bitcoin cash in terms of price. So maybe, maybe it's, an, it's a really good indicator going forward. Okay, so we leave it at that. The, the, the Twitter debate, uh, Twitter seems to be a fairly diverse and open uh, platform. Another active uh, Twitter user is uh, Charlie Lee, uh, who probably announced there that he sold uh, all of his Litecoin and probably made a bunch of money. <laughs> 
Tone, you need to unmute yourself. Yeah, no, I didn't know I was going first. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, all right, so th this is this is the problem with all other altcoins. They have leaders. Having a leader is an issue, right? Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Dogecoin guy. Um, Palmer, uh, Jackson Palmer. I mean, he walked away from Doge a long time ago, right? I mean, the, the problem with these things is that your creator um, remains the dominant person. And then things like this become an issue. Uh, this, this is why Bitcoin is so unique in that Satoshi stepped away a long time ago and he was never a visible entity. Uh, so this is the problem that all of these old coins are going to have. And um, I, I, I'm remaining with like what you and I talked about on my show the other day. Uh, Litecoin is basically just taking Bitcoin's code. They're, they're not going to be able to innovate anything new because all of the brain power is on Bitcoin. They're going to program for Bitcoin. Uh, so, I mean, Litecoin, I guess, is a good short-term alternative while Bitcoin fees are high and Bitcoin fees will remain high until companies like Coinbase and BitPay and blockchain.info start integrating SegWit, right? Uh, it's amazing how many people are like trolling me on Twitter now, making fun of my statement from about a year ago where I said SegWit is going to solve the congested block problem. But SegWit adoption is only about 5 to 10%. Uh, come back to me when SegWit adoption is 90 to 95%. And then we'll see what SegWit did or didn't do. But right now, it's as if SegWit never took place because no one is adopting it, for mostly for malicious reasons. So ironically, uh, he did write that post on Reddit. I just uh, <laughs> wrote on Twitter. Uh, but uh, Jimmy, what do you think about the centralization problem uh, that Tone um, pointed to? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree on that. Like uh, Charlie does have a lot of influence over Litecoin, obviously. Um, the, the story itself is very interesting because uh, Gavin and Jason pointed out, well, if uh, if I was a public figure and uh, and people knew I had a lot of uh, you know crypto assets, uh, I would also tell everybody that I sold everything uh, just so they wouldn't come after me. And I, I think he's kind of right. Like, do we know if Charlie actually sold it? How how do you even prove a negative, right? Like, how do you prove that you sold everything and don't hold it somewhere else? And how and and how do you prove that you sold something uh, like billions worth of holdings when the price actually tripled uh, over the last uh, three days? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I, you can't prove a negative, so um, he may be telling the truth. In which case, great. He may not be telling the truth. In which case, I don't blame it. Blame him at all. Like he he's worth probably billions at this point, almost like just just on Litecoin is my guess. But I I, I don't know. I uh, agree. Yeah. So I, I agree. Yeah, so uh, in a in a sense, like uh, you know, like w this story is kind of uh, interesting in that he's this is what he's publicly saying, but the private reality, we don't really know, and uh, and this is kind of fun in a way, uh, but at, at you know at some point, I imagine a lot more people will be doing that. Uh, Gavin ended his tweet with P.S. 
I I sold all my crypto assets, which I, I found hilarious. But you know, pre- pretty good insightful tweet from him. Uh, you got to give him credit when when it's due. Yeah, well, well, one of these days there might be similar public statements from you and I, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It, just, just for the record, in case people in like you know. Uh, in the outskirts of Venezuela are watching because I'm going to be there soon. Uh, I don't own a lot of Bitcoin, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Just, like, you sold I'm all like, your Bitcoin, right, Tone? No, no, I never had that many. I got I got scammed for most of it, you know, in 2015. So I'm uh, uh, I'm like Andreas. I'm not a millionaire. All right. Well, good to know. Okay, let's uh, move on to the next Um which is a Coinbase and Bitcoin Cash saga. Um, Coinbase may have given away its own Bitcoin Cash, and uh, we highlighted some market issues there yesterday, uh, tone, uh, where people basically could buy, but they couldn't sell, all this kind of stuff. Uh, does this article provide any further insight into what happened? Well, this, uh, this, article, this article has like the worst headline I've ever seen, because when I saw that headline, like look at the headline, uh, I mean, it, it made me believe, and because I know how irresponsible Coinbase is, but that headline makes me believe that they actually lost all of the Bitcoin cash, right? <laughs> uh, that's what that headline looked to me. So I started reading the article and I'm like, oh, I'm not surprised at all. Like uh, the, the biggest surprise uh, I believe in crypto is the fact that Coinbase hasn't been hacked yet and had their Bitcoin stolen. Uh, considering all of the dumb moves that they've done over the years. Like, I'm, I'm amazed how they're able to hold on to that Bitcoin and not have it taken from them. Um, so I'm not surprised at all that they're the ones responsible for their own investigation into insider trading because they gave it all away. Now, again, the article points out that Coinbase sent out a press release saying that they will give people their Bcash by or by January 1st, but they would not add it as a trading asset till later. So clearly they decided to play Sneaky Fox and add, and, and not only add it as a withdrawable asset, but on the same day, add it as a trading asset, which they totally botched. Um, like, again, I'm not surprised by the incompetence of Coinbase at all. And if anyone is to, and now they're like, oh, we're investigating insider trading. What are you investigating? It's crypto. There's no <laughs> such thing as insider trading. It doesn't exist. Like, if Coinbase employees were like trading on this information and selling their, and prepping to sell their Bcash first, then there's nothing illegal about it. It might go against company policy. These people might, may or may not deserve to be fired. But there's no criminal uh, violation here as far as, and I'm not even a lawyer and it's obvious to me, right? Um, so once again, shows you that Coinbase doesn't know what they're doing. They prioritized this Bcash thing, which they should have just given to people on August 1st instead of prioritizing SegWit. Uh, and they still aren't using SegWit, which is ridiculous. Jimmy. Yeah, this uh, this this is a hilarious story because uh, you know I do program against APIs once in a while, and uh, this this API <laughs> exposed the fact that they were planning Bitcoin Cash. So I guess there were people in the know. Um, you know, if, if if you do program and you you can look at this stuff, it's uh, it's pretty obvious what's going on. Um, 
Yeah, I, Coinbase is just I, I. You do have to feel for Coinbase, right? Uh, I mean, I we we knocked them around a bit yesterday, but uh, you do have to feel for them a little bit because um, they are the target of a lot of hack attempts, and this is something that you have to deal with as a crypto currency company is you you're you're going to a lot of people are going to try to hack you and i'm told like they're like they they have like very strict internal processes and they have um you know uh fishers and people like from you know that that want to hack uh, like offering coinbase employees like uh, a kickback if they can help them like uh hack coinbase things like that so um, you know, you have to feel for them somewhat because, you know, th this is not easy stuff. But that said, if you're going to be the leader in this industry, um, like they're purporting to be, you, you have to deal with this stuff a lot better than they have. Um, you know, obviously they stopped, uh, you know, they, they had that major, uh, you know, outage as soon as they announced it. Uh, you know, it was on, uh, trading was on for like five minutes and then they had to shut it down. Um, and then they they said they were going to go live at like noon or something like that. It, it, they had a delay and they only uh, allowed uh, Bitcoin cash to USD trading. They didn't even have Bitcoin to Bitcoin cash trading or Bitcoin cash to uh, euro trading, um, all of which I, I'm not sure why they did that. Probably they they had some problems on the back end and this was a way to mitigate the situation. But come on, guys, like you, you, you can do some testing and figure this stuff out. Like you got like Coinbase as a company, you got you got to you got to step up your game, man. Like the, this, this well, is kind of embarrassing for the whole industry. Yeah. Oh, well, Jimmy, I will also add that Coinbase is pretty much bitch tracks, right? I mean, it's, it's literally becoming a ship coin exchange <laughs> uh, and, and it should be and the CME should be embarrassed by uh, using them in their pricing index. Uh, it should really be embarrassing for the CME. Andreas, you, you, need, to, you, you need to set that one straight uh, <laughs> because you're an advisor over there. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people involved at Coinbase over there. So um, yeah, whoever can, like just, they, they need to learn how to scale. They need to learn how to, you know, like not leak this stuff if it's company policy. Um, there, there was some question whether or not like, Doing this sort of thing is uh, is okay under as uh, regulated by CME futures or whatever. But yeah, I, I, Coinbase, get your act together. Come on, guys. Some friendly advice uh, from Tone and Jimmy to Coinbase. Um, do you have a friendly advice for E-Trade as well, who just um, said they were going to let clients trade CBOE Bitcoin futures? Um, I find this very interesting. I, I'm, I'm guessing this will lead to more Bitcoin trading on E-Trade. Um, but that said, you know, GBTC was already there. Um, I think you can trade options there with uh, Ledger X. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, actually. But, um, but you know, th this will provide a little oh, more liquidity. I, I didn't know Ledger X was integrated with traditional exchanges. I thought it was just options on Ledger X themselves. Oh, I guess it is on Ledger X themselves. I, I don't know. They, they do trade, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, just more, more of this stuff allows uh, more liquidity to enter Bitcoin is my guess. But I don't know. This is more Tone's area of expertise. So I'll let him speak. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this is expected, right? Like, I'm not really... Uh, this is like a non-news news. It's like, yeah, they're supposed to do that, right? That's why we have a futures market so that the retail investor can trade futures markets through uh, brokers like E-Trade. I mean, this is, um, I haven't had the time to log into my, uh, 
Uh, I haven't had the time to log into my interactive brokers account. I got to take a look if I have access. I, I think also like six months ago, I turned off data feeds to my futures because I stopped trading futures like about a year ago or something. And I only focus on option trading now. So I have all of the option data feeds. I'm not sure if I have the futures data feeds. I might have to reach out to interactive brokers and see what my data feeds are. Uh, so I can try, like, I'm not going to go and open an E-Trade account just to trade the CME futures. Either uh, my exchange lets me trade them or it doesn't. Like, again, I'm too busy to trade. I'm flying out to some island tomorrow or something. So we'll see how good the internet is. Um, Actually, the E-Trade is doing CBOE futures. And Tone, did you uh, at least check the volume of the CME futures? I heard it's uh, pretty low. It has to be low because uh, people are unfamiliar with it. Not none of the Bitcoiners know have any accounts with traditional brokers. Uh, very few do, uh, and traditional traders, you know, uh, there's not that many people trading futures. Trading futures is a very dangerous thing. It's a, they're very highly leveraged. Um, it's really specialized, and uh, not a lot of hedge funds are getting in this yet, right? Because The smart hedge funds had already bought Bitcoin OTC and is holding, are holding on to it themselves. Uh, the volume will pick up. Uh, I mean, I still say that CME is way more uh, credible in the futures market than, uh, than the CBOE. So I'm expecting most volume to come in CME. Okay, Jimmy, do you have anything to add to that? No, no I, I, I think it, hopefully it, uh, it causes more liquidity to be there for Bitcoin. That's, that's about it. Talking about liquidity, we have the next uh, paper derivative of Bitcoin, which are ETFs. And so the New York Stock Exchange files to list Bitcoin ETFs uh, on the exchange, but they have to, they basically file with the SEC, who I think uh, we covered that last week has at least 10 or 20 um, applications for Bitcoin ETFs on file. So, Tone? What's going to happen? Um, well, uh, sooner or later, there's going to be an ETF, right? Because now the ETFs can leverage the futures market. Now, I'm not saying it's a good thing, right? Like, I, I don't know. It's a double-edged sword, right? Like, I don't know what's better. Uh, I mean, I will say that pro shares know what they're doing, right? Uh, I mean, the Winklevoss uh, twins were trying to get their ETF. But one of the problems there is, well... You have the same entity controlling the underlying price. You have the same entity controlling the, uh, protecting the underlying Bitcoin. And you have the same entity uh, responsible for the actual ETF itself, uh, which is one of the reasons why the SEC said, no way, that's way too centralized of a, of a product. Now, ProShares is a professional ETF uh, uh, company, right? I mean, that's what they do. They maintain ETFs. And they have nothing to do with the actual underlying, pretty much, especially in this case. So what they would do is they would leverage the futures in order to get the price of the ETF. So the only real difference between the futures and the ETF with the future as the underlying of that ETF is going to be the retail investor is way more comfortable trading the ETF. The ETF is also going to be significantly less leveraged, even though it's using the futures, right? But let's say you would be able, like the ETF would probably like the one share of the ETF might be like $16, right? It might be at like a hundred to one ratio so that uh, when you buy one share of the ETF, you're only spending 16 bucks a share, right? So that means that for every 
Um, so if, if they're using the CBOE futures, which is one Bitcoin underlying, that means for every one Bitcoin future underlying the ETF, that's like 100 shares of the ETF. So you can trade them in much smaller increments, right? And ETFs can be held by, you know, retirement funds, pension funds. Uh, I'm not sure about the short side of the ETF. Now, do I think this is great? I don't know, because now we're building this, like, you know, house of cards, right? You have a derivative, uh, you, you have this, the, the futures, which are cash settled on top of the price of Bitcoin. Now you're going to have the ETF settled on top of the future. And then who knows what's going to be built on top of that, right? So it just starts to build this house of cards. Now, I am, I am somewhat comfortable with this house of cards being built on top of Bitcoin. But if it was any other altcoin, because you know these guys are going to push for Ethereum. You know these guys are going to push for B-Trash. You know these guys are going to push for like a uh, Litecoin or something, right? So when it's on a in technologically inferior product, there, there's going to be trouble. And uh, there's going to be monster fallout if those other alternatives come in. Hopefully that ProShares and the CME will continue getting some good, you know, advisors to prevent them from doing that well i don't know i i kind of want uh, to be able to short some of these altcoins that i think are really scammy so i i i wouldn't mind some of that existing uh, you're sure you short you short jimmy because if you had the if i had the ability to short bcash uh i mean i i don't know if i had the time if i wasn't doing these videos i probably would have been wrecked right now shorting uh <laughs> Yeah, I, obviously you you have to look at all the technical indicators and all that to time it properly. But um, but I mean I don't know, that might be something. Anyway, I I, I do feel like uh, it is kind of interesting how it's a derivative of a derivative, but it's undoing the future by making it an ETF. Really, what people want to hold is Bitcoin, but they don't want to have the responsibility of controlling their own private keys, and this this is what it's enabling. Um, I, I'm excited about this partly because, uh, you know, they won't they likely won't take the fees that like GBTC does. And hopefully it takes a lot of that liquidity and puts it back into Bitcoin instead of putting it in Barry Silbert's pocket. Um, you know, I mean, he, he's making money hand over fist just by buying Bitcoin on the market, putting it into his GBTC and selling it on the market. It's it's so simple. Um, and yet, you know, like if there's an ETF, well, that that premium will come down and more people will have a uh, fair access to Bitcoin uh, without having to, you know, pay his 2% management fee and all that other stuff. So uh, that that I think would be better for Bitcoin in general, because that liquidity will flow down to the futures and that to Bitcoin, uh, which which I think would be good. Uh, but yeah, that's, I think that's we have to. I think we have to uh, keep on going. Tony, you have to leave, right? Yeah, let's, uh, I have to leave in like a few minutes. I have another interview I got to do. I'll, I'll try to tweet that out. It's with our Freedom Phoenix radio show. It'll be on, on the internet. You can catch it live. Or I'll post the video after. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's do price. Let me, let me grab screen share. I got about three minutes here that we can cover pricing. Right, let me stop here. There we go. All right. Um, move this over. I'm on my Twitter account. Um, yeah. So once again, guys, check out the tweets by Whale Panda. Uh, pretty much exposing that. Oh, that was funny. Dark pill. Good job, man. Uh, 
And uh, where's the? Here it is. That's funny. Here, 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 here's the whale panda tweet. I retweeted it. Um, uh, it's taking its time. Um, yes, yeah, so a whale panda explains uh, who's in control of. Uh, I mean, it's it's circumstantial, but it's pretty damn obvious who's in control of the uh, of the CNBC's fast money Twitter account. Uh, let them know about it. You know, I mean, this is irresponsible and borderline, um, you know, malicious uh, for self profit. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, please learn uh, trading. This is the kind of stuff that I talk about. If you're not familiar with the random number generator, it's explained in section six on my website in the learn trading section, which is part of the educational tools. Uh, let's take a look at Bitcoin and um, let's take a look at Bitcoin. And uh, this week is still, you know, troublesome. Uh, the numbers are still positive. Uh, let's see how it ends. And um, yeah, anytime Bitcoin has weakness, uh, shit coins will go up, right? Because everybody is a direct competitor, even Litecoin. They're all direct competitors of Bitcoin. There's going to be only one winner. Guys, I keep saying it and uh, no one's listening. Uh, so here's the daily chart. Uh, the daily chart went bearish. Uh, the last time the daily chart went bearish, according to my indicators, was um, here for a minute. So that would, would have been a that would have been a you know a losing trade going bearish right here. Uh, you go you flip that trade around here, and then you did very very well. Uh, it never went bearish anytime here, but the daily chart has gone bearish yesterday upon this red line. So that's pretty much where it went bearish, and it remained bearish now. We're now below 16,000. Um, hey, buy the dip. The dip will eventually come. Uh, the most likely at this point outcome, um, I would be looking for a nine to the downside uh, and probably this 50-day moving average. So potentially all the way down to like 12,000 or something. I mean, that's what we're looking at potentially. Uh, guys, keep in mind, Bitcoin was... Um, a year ago today, it was under $1,000, right? And now we're like, and now we're all upset that we've fallen from 20K to 16K, right? Um, it's pullback. It's just a pullback. Um, here is the four-hour chart. And the four-hour chart went bearish as of here. I drew this line last time we did this video. Um, once again, uh, we have another red two trading below a red one. So all I got to do is um, come on, draw another one of these guys. So if you are trading the four-hour chart, um, your bearish entry uh, would have been here. You know, uh, that's where you are. So the, once again, you know, you get a two trading below a one, boom, you're bearish uh, once again. Uh, the hourly chart is, um, yeah, I mean, it's very traditional, right? Uh, I zoomed out. Uh, forget these numbers. Um, I, I zoomed out so that you how you can see how the 50-hour moving average has been has become resistance. It pulled right into the moving average cross. Talked about it last time on this show. Uh, there's a little red line here showing you your bearish trade based on the indicator. Um, if you're looking at it right now, let's zoom in. I don't know what the numbers are going to say. I haven't looked at this chart. Um, so that, that, that's a pretty neat, you know, uh, dead cat bounce here. You can see how, 
we reversed off of this, you know, crazy uh, hammer. And then we did do a nine to the upside. And uh, we had a reversal candle at candle number seven. It hit the 50-hour moving average. It gave you a nine sell. Uh, and now we're going down. So the short entry would have been uh, this two is not really trading below this one. They're at the same price. But you can see how this four is trading below this three. So if you were uh, trading the hourly chart using the syndicator, uh, that would have been your short position right there, wherever this line is, uh, looks to be 16,730. And again, you're looking for a red nine on the hourly. Uh, see if you can bounce. Uh, you see, you don't know if this bounce is going to be short term or long term, but right here, as the four starts trading below the three, you can take on the short trade. Um, so there you go. So that's how I would be using the syndicator to time my positions. Um, that's about it. Uh, I mean, look, we can look at the B trash thing. Um, it went bullish right here uh, on a trade, and um, it's still that way, right? Like, I, again, I, I don't trade scams, right? Like, I don't invest in Bernie Madoff's fund, uh, and I wouldn't hold any altcoin that I know is technologically unsustainable. Uh, that's pretty much it. I got to go, guys. Uh, any closing thoughts, Jimmy? Let me stop screen share. Um, no, not, not at, not at the moment. Uh, Valentin, you want to close us out? Yeah. Thanks a lot for watching. Thanks, Tone. Uh, a little bit more choppiness for the rest of the week, but we are still good uh, on the weekly. So let's hope for a return. Thanks a lot for watching and your last words, Jimmy. This song is done. <laughs>